The Bravery Defined podcast acknowledges the traditional owners of land and water that this podcast is recorded on. You are listening to Bravery Defined, the podcast about unlocking the extraordinary spirit within us. I'm your host, Annette Yakubovic, an Australian mum of four, a born entrepreneur, business owner and mentor who's passionate about sharing stories of success. Bravery is not merely the absence of fear, but the audacious choice to confront challenges head on, to navigate uncharted territories and to stand tall in the face of adversity. It's the unwavering commitment to facing our fears, driven by a deep sense of purpose and an unyielding belief in our ability to overcome. Throughout my journey, I've had the privilege of helping thousands of NDIS participants navigate the complexities of the system. And as a business strategist and mentor, I've coached hundreds of business owners and countless employees, empowering them to create or redefine successful businesses. In this podcast, we dive deep into candid conversations with extraordinary individuals within the National Disability Insurance Scheme arena and across the broader disability community. Together, we're going to explore the journeys of perseverance, triumphs, and the transformative power of bravery. Join me on Bravery Defined as we uncover the infinite perspectives of resilience, strength, and empowerment, proving that true bravery is the key to unlocking a more inclusive and inspiring future. This week, we embark on a journey born out of life's unexpected twists and turns. A story that is not just inspiring, it's a heartwarming testament to finding beauty in simplicity. We meet Therese, a mum on a mission that piled her family into a caravan to escape from post-pandemic lockdown blues in Victoria. With their six-week trip turning into an unexpected four-month stay that then led them to both a new home in far north Queensland and an unexpected discovery. A secret ingredient to happiness they found their calm. Teresa's journey is a courageous dive into redefining life, especially when navigating the unique challenges of raising a child on the autism spectrum. In the next hour, we'll dive deep into her story, exploring the profound impact that the quest for a calmer, more connected life can have on an entire family dynamic. It's a narrative woven with threads of simplicity, resilience, and the extraordinary power of a mother's love. In this episode, bravery is not just a word. It's a compass guiding Therese and her family towards a life rich in connection. So hi, Therese. Thanks so much for joining us. Hi. Thanks for having me. Oh, you're very welcome. And you're um, you're coming to us from far north Queensland. I see you've got your um, your singlet on tonight. Mm-hmm. My tan, yep. <laughs> and your tan. <laughs> now, um, you're up in far north Queensland, of course, but um, you didn't always live in far north Queensland. Um, so yeah. when I met you, oh gosh, how many years ago would it be now? Well, Probably Kate's going back this year, and I think I met you when he was three. So yeah, a long time. Yeah, a long time ago, you were living somewhere much colder than far north Queensland. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't say it snowed there, but I'm sure it got pretty close some winters. Yeah, yeah, cold. yeah. And a lot's changed for your family in that time. Yep, lots and lots. Yeah, yeah. So um, we met because of your son, Cade. Yeah. Um, 
and how's Cade doing at the moment? Yeah, great. He's settling in. Um, obviously, it was a huge transition moving from Victoria to far north Queensland. Um, but, yeah, like we're always going to have struggles with him and every day is different. But overall, he's loving the lifestyle up here and it's a lot better for him where we are right now. So, yeah. Yeah. So for those um, people listening, um, the reason I met you and uh, I met uh, Cade is because he is a participant of the NDIS um, did you want to share a little bit about Cade's diagnosis? Yeah, so Cade is level two high functioning autism. Um, and he was diagnosed very early when he was three years old. And, um, I met Annette when he was three, when I was at my very lowest with him and not having many answers and not knowing where to go. Yeah. Um, I just would love to share, um, your journey with everyone because, uh, it is a journey. I think, um, as you said, it, it's been a longstanding sort of relationship and it's a journey that is, I find super inspiring. Um, you know, you're a mum, of course you have, you have other children as well. And I'm a mum too. And I guess as mums, we take on so much, you know, dads also take on a lot parents in general. Yep. We all take on so much and we do whatever we have to do for our children, right? We don't always know what the answers are, um, mm-hmm. but we're certainly willing to try. But I think that's this special bond that happens between women, um, certainly, you know, mothers that maybe especially have challenging children and they do come together and sort of go, what am I going to do? How am I going to work this out? You know, it's really hard. Um, and so that's super brave (laughs) to sort of stand up and say, Hey, I need help. I don't know what's going on and I don't know which way to go and what the next steps, um, would be. So, yeah, I think that from when I met you to now, there's Mm -hmm. certainly been some major changes and I'd I'd love to share that journey because it's quite interesting how you ended up living in far North Queensland. (laughs) Yeah, with all our listeners. So um, um, I do have to just let people know, I have to add a warning here. During this episode, we will be discussing the COVID-19 pandemic and specifically the Victorian state uh, lockdowns. I do want to acknowledge that these events have been distressing for many people, of course, and they this episode may potentially elicit strong emotions for people. Um, and I just recognise that and make sure to encourage listeners to be mindful of their well-being um, just when you're engaging with the content that we're talking about. And if you found these topics to be challenging in the past, I think just consider your mental health at this point of time, whether this episode aligns with, you know, what you want to be listening to, I guess. So your wellbeing, um, listeners' wellbeing is is the most important um, thing. So, yeah, the Victorian state lockdowns were pretty intense for a lot of us. Mm-hmm. And Therese, you, <laughs> um, you know, your life no doubt was very chaotic with Kate at the time. I decided yeah. to add another layer yeah. into that chaos. And yeah. that's, did you want to start there? Like, yeah. that's so, as good as um, any part to start. <laughs> So COVID was really hard because obviously kids on the spectrum and especially Cade with his autism is all about routine and regulation. So not Mm. being able to go to school was really hard for him. 
Um, and just the change up and being stuck at home and not being able to leave the house, not allowed to come to the shops with me, all those everyday things that we did with Cade then became this like isolation at home. So, and then you throw in the mix of having brothers and sisters, you know, who were also <laughs> agitated by being at home with us. So it was just a whole like, yeah, it was a really stressful time for us as a family. We were very lucky that um, Cade went to a Catholic school and they were able to, mm. in the long run, allow kids with special needs to go to school for um, part of the day, which really helped him overall um, academically, I guess, because he got one-on-one. But also in the downfall of that, when the children all came back to school, it was almost like starting prep all over again for Cade and he was in grade one then. Because, again, then we had to build bonds with children and start all over again. It was just, it was really hard for us. So um, as soon as those borders were open, we decided to get in our caravan. Um, I have to let people know as well that, we have never been on a family holiday where you just jump on a plane and go and stay at a resort because that just doesn't work for us. Kay just can't handle that, too many changes. So we purchased a caravan and we found that that was the best thing for us um, and our family and especially Cade because it was a little um, home away from home but he could also um, build a routine in his little um, bunk and it was just a lot easier. So he was awesome travelling, loved seeing the sights. So we had family in far north Queensland and our plan was to come up along the coast and stay with them for six weeks and then head home. But the first um, hurdle was we couldn't go along the coast, so we had to come through the middle of Australia. We got to a place called Caramine Beach, which is where I am now, and um, while we were here for the first four weeks, um, Victoria closed their borders again. So we had yeah. no choice but to be stuck up here, unfortunately. So we were already homeschooling the kids at this stage. We weren't, it wasn't costing us anything. Hubby was on um, long service leave. So we ended up spending four months up here. So, and it was amazing because it was nothing like Victoria. There were no restrictions, no masks. We just lived a normal life. Um, so then we got home and we really, um, yeah, we, we lost our minds, to be honest. So we, we didn't, yeah. oh, we totally. didn't want and to I be think... back there, Like, but we had our friends and family there. So um, yeah. we really yeah. felt the pull. We could see the change in the children in far north Queensland. We could see the freedom we could offer Kate up there. Mm. He could ride his bike around everywhere. He could get in the ocean and swim. Yes, mm. we have crocodiles up here, but we haven't seen any yet. And Kate yeah. knows to swim with his parents. But yeah, just and just to stop you there and, and like, yeah. go back a few steps. So um, so Victorian state um, lockdowns have happened. Yeah. Um, you are homeschooling, Cade. Um, that is not working. There was no homeschooling. Um, there was none. I couldn't. You would not learn from me. So yeah. basically, yeah. if I recall from the first six What did that look like? Oh, <laughs> because he just would grab his paper and just go, no, and then. Yeah, it was just I couldn't teach him and yet I had the teachers on my back saying he needs to get these components done. It was a lot of pressure. They could understand my stress. Um, I was very fortunate that my husband got to stay home for some of it. So we got little bits done but not a lot. Yeah. But as soon as yeah. we started travelling, um, because Kate I think was in such a refined space and we had his brother that was doing homeschooling as well, 
he was able to just get in the routine of like, okay, today we're just going to do an hour or two of homework and then we get to play. So Yeah, right. Okay. But being at home, oh, it was just, yeah, it was, it's a real, it's a real shame the government didn't, um, you know, think about those types, those types of children because it just didn't work. There was no way I was going to be able to teach him. No. And, and as you said, you know, I think I can't remember how many lockdowns now. I think we've all actually just erased it from our yeah. minds. <laughs> yeah. Were we even here from 2020, 2019 yeah. to 2022? Um, yeah. But essentially there was multiple in and outs of schools on, schools yeah. back off, schools yeah. back on, schools so there back was no off. Okay. Paid, like, yeah. No yeah. like one minute he was allowed to go three days, next minute he's only allowed one. Next minute he's allowed their full time. Next minute he's not. It was just, and I, I always felt like I had to keep justifying to the principal in the school as to why Cade needed to be there. That was the mm. really hard part. Um, you know, I can have every document from every specialist in the world to tell them that there's something wrong with him, but yet that just wasn't considered and and that's not their fault, that they were under restrictions as well. But it yeah, just, it, look, it was harder. a super, super hard time to navigate yeah. for so many people. Um, you know, for those people who might not be fully familiar with autism, um, mm-hmm. you know, if you've met one autistic child, then you've just met one autistic child. Yeah. Um, no two children are really the same. Mm-hmm. Um, they all have such, that's why it's called the spectrum such different needs or or varying needs and those needs change from day to day depending on whether they're regulated or not, depending on what um, environment they're in, depending on who's supporting them. Mm -hmm. Um, But then, you know, to add these additional stresses in on top and the fact the parents are going to be stressed too, right? So we're all working from home as well. Um, We're all feeling the pressure um, and everyone's feeling it's slightly fearful about the future and how long this is going to last and what's going to happen tomorrow. Um, it's just a melting pot essentially yeah so to wake up every day and to put on a brave face and to go you know what it's cool we've got this it's all good I think like hat hat off to you or whatever the saying is (laughs) but but you know well done um because it, it wasn't an easy thing for anyone um I remember some of the phone calls that we had during that time (laughs) very stressed like we're all very very stressed and I do remember that it was better for Cade to go to school when he was allowed to and that one-on-one was the silver lining for him you know that was great that he got that extra time but Essentially, I think, um, you know, the, the thing that I noticed and had noticed over the years as an outsider is that he never really was settled in that, um, in the place you were living prior, yeah, like, yeah, um, yeah. in that environment, in, in the, the, I don't know if you want to call it the temperature, the cold. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if the warmth yeah. helps. Yeah, yeah. Um, but certainly one thing I remember about our conversations was mm-hmm. that he loved to go in the shower. Yeah. and that he loved the water yeah. and that that was really soothing for him and it is really soothing for like a lot of autistic children they do like the water yeah. so that's not surprising at all so yeah. it actually doesn't surprise me that you ended up by yeah. the ocean yeah, yeah. <laughs> in a warmer climate yeah 
but it was pretty crazy. Hey, you're hopping in the car with a caravan. You're going to go for a trip for six weeks because you've basically the borders are open. You just need to get out of Victoria and you end up staying for four months. Yeah. Yeah. It was crazy times. Like, but in one way was the most in that four months was the most relaxed I've ever been in my entire life with our family. And my husband has said the same thing because we had no pressures. We didn't like, yeah, we weren't conformed to your everyday taking the kids to school. You know, like we still did the homeschooling, but we just lived an amazing life. Like we were out on a boat. We went island hopping because there's all islands here. We were fishing every day. Just these things that people painted mm. for holidays, we were doing mm. every day. And it was really, um, it was great for the kids. So, yeah, we just, when we got back to Victoria, we were like, what are we doing? Why are we here? So, yeah, yeah. Bit of a reality like, check, hey? It was. It really was. Yeah. So it was nice to have time as a family and see Cade comfortable and and also give him the freedom to jump on his bike and ride around where we were. We just okay. couldn't do that in Victoria. It's, it just didn't feel right. It felt mm. too Up here it's a lot slower. Um, all the neighbours know who Cade is, so I feel like he's watched all the time. They're a bit older up here. Um, yeah. yeah. He gets a lot more freedoms up here, which is amazing for him yeah as he goes yeah so take me back to like that thought process so you've you've come back from four months away you've obviously got a job an income a business in in the area that you currently live your husband is working in the area that he lives uh you know you're both living um you've got a house you know you need to sell a house or move out of a house you've got family friends there's so many things that you need to consider um what was the main, like, the final thing that you went, yes, like, we um, have to do this. This is why we're going to move. Yeah. I think when we got back, we gave us, like, I think it was the six-week mark of being home that we realised um, the kids went back to school and, again, Cade wasn't settling well and he kept asking, like, when are we going back to Queensland? And the kids just... I don't know, there was just a shift in our family. Like, of course, we're on holidays and everyone goes, ah, oh, it's mm-hmm. a holiday. But there was a, a connection that we'd lost when we'd come home. And if I have yeah. to be, like, we didn't have a connection anymore. My house in Victoria was massive. It was like a five-bedroom, really long hallway. So we, I don't know, like at one point Cade said, Mum, I miss the caravan. Like, yeah, felt like home was the words he used. So I think something struck to us then that like either we sell up and we travel or we go back to where we know and where we're comfortable. And we were lucky while we were up in Queensland, we actually looked at some of the schools because we did consider it. Um, Mm. So we took the kids to the schools. So we knew what, you know, we kind of knew a little bit about the town. So, but it was a huge move. Like um, for me personally, it was very stressful because I'd worked so hard with Cade and the kids to build that connection with everyone, get the help that I need for him. I knew where to go if I needed something. I had you in it. It was really stressful. So, um, yeah, I actually did have a bit of a mental breakdown because it was just well too much. But I remember driving out of Victoria and just being inconsolable. <laughs> just And, like, I, it was an adventure, but I was just so worried that I was doing the wrong thing. But looking back, I was silly because I've definitely made the right decision for our family. Yeah. I, I think, um, for sure that the only thing consistent about the world that we live in Mm. is change. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You, um, can't be, you can't be afraid of it. You've got to, um, especially COVID, it taught us that there's more to life than just staying in the one place and you always yeah. make friends wherever you go and um, friends that are your friends will always be your friends and they'll stay in your life regardless of where you live. So. Yeah, you also have to acknowledge that change is, just happens to be one of the most hardest things to actually yeah. wrap our head yeah. around, though. Yeah. Um, you know, no one likes change. We all no. like predictability. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we like to wake up in the morning and know that the button on the coffee machine is going to work and yeah. you know, there's going to be enough toast there to have our favourite spread yeah. and all these things. And I think yeah. especially for autistic children, yes. um, that routine and that same same like structure um, is so important. I mean, what happened with Cade? How did he go with the change? Um, so it Initially. Was, we were pretty lucky because when we were up here, as I said, we went to the school so we had a look around. He'd already met the principal there um, and a couple of the teachers. So um, as soon as we made the decision to put the house in the market, I instantly contacted the Catholic school up here and I started corresponding with them. We had like hundreds of meetings via Zoom um, and so we had our current school in Victoria transfer everything like teachers were having one-on-ones with their teachers. So I was really prepared for that part of things, Mm -hmm. but um, it did take Kate a long time to settle. Like I think um, on the third week of being at school, he trashed the classroom, like didn't destroy Mm -hmm. anything. Just everything was everywhere. And they were like, you need to come to the school now. (laughs) And he was just cool as a cucumber when I got there. He was like, Oh, whatever. Um, but we were able to like work with them and, and keep like they understood that he'd done a big move. So like they were really understanding and um, yeah. And as I said to you earlier, he's doing really well up here. He still has issues with friends, but funny enough tonight when you contacted me, I had a recording on my phone and it was actually a recording from him when he was in three-year-old kinder with the oh, team wow. and I had an aide come in. To advocate for Cade and wow. <laughs> everything that I'm talking about, I listened to it. It went for an hour. Is still relevant now. It's just in yeah. different forms. So yeah, I can't. Well, he is who he is, right? He is, yeah. yeah. But the best thing with Cade is he's such a loving, caring person that you can't not like him. And teachers build such a bond with him, and so it's always helpful that people are mm. willing to help him. No one's ever chastise him for his autism he's always been loved and you know and not a lot of people can tell he has autism unless you really know him um but yeah he he holds himself together very well at school but when he gets home thankfully we have a pool so he gets in and like sometimes he won't even say hello he'll just walk straight by me pop in the pool for 20 minutes the regulation being under get out and then he'll tell a bit about his day so yeah yeah and just that power of water, like it's just yeah. so incredible to watch yeah. and yeah. to experience and, and what an amazing tool that you now have like mm. in your backyard stands for yes. cockroaches, which you probably yeah. haven't seen yet. Um, <laughs> yeah. No doubt, no doubt there'll be one one day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so when I was in Victoria, the one good. thing I did was um, in school holidays, like we live near a public indoor pool, I would spend mm. like... 100% of the time at the pool, hours a day there. Like for the $8 it cost me to go in there, he'd just swim yeah. for hours and I would get my work done knowing that he's safe, he's regulating in there, he'd play well with his brother and sister in the water, 
And then, yeah, so that had a big, big decision moving up here because we knew water was a big thing and that, yeah, we'd have more access to it up here. So, yeah. Yeah. And what, what have you got to say really around, like I, I noticed something you said before about that you just sort of slowed down and reconnected with your family. Like, yeah. And then when you came back to the busyness perhaps or the, the largeness of, of Victoria, yeah. you know, big house, lots to do, rushing here, yeah. rushing there, um, like how powerful was that? Yeah, that big. So and that slowdown. Um, I feel like Victoria, and no offense to anyone listening, but it does feel like it's keeping up with the Joneses. Like you've got to keep up with this sporting activity because the next person's doing that, or their kids are doing this, so my kids have to do that. And um, I was forever running around like a headless chook. Like I would, mm-hmm. they would get home from school, they get changed, jump them in the car. We'd just never be home as a family. It was just always rush, rush, rush. So when yeah. we moved here, I was kind of a little bit like, what do I do with myself? Like I'm not used to this, but let me tell you, when I do come back to Victoria, I still notice my friends running around like headless chooks and I'm just sitting there going, oh, <laughs> this is cool. Like <laughs> I'll just sit here and do my thing. Um, yeah. So I've also learnt up here my kids don't need to be participating in 100 school sports and out of school sports to be you know, like it's okay just to do nothing. It's okay for them just to go to school and come home and we go for a walk to the beach. You know, Mm. I I don't feel like they have to do everything and keep up with everyone. We've let them lead the way a lot with that. So, yeah. Yeah, it's about that quality time over um, other stuff, isn't it? Yeah, it is, yeah. Family's definitely important. Yeah. Yeah. Family is definitely important. (laughs) (laughs) Very much so. Um, I think it's driven by a great leader, though, to make those changes and to not to notice that, you know, the leader being often the mother in the house Mm -hmm. um, to go, oh, hang on. This works really well for us. Oh, hang on. Self-realization moment we were running around in loops for what? Like, why are we doing yeah. that? Yeah. To, to realise that moment is a moment of like self-realisation and you go, oh my goodness, like how do we actually, you know, slow things down and yeah. why were we running around like crazy before? Yeah. And, you know, is that stuff really important? Like, yeah. Yeah. okay, team, hey, family, this is what we're going to do moving forward because it has these benefits. Like we get to spend quality time together. We're not rushing around for, you know, no purpose really. I mean, why do we rush from thing to thing? So my kid can get some private swimming lessons. Like it doesn't really make any sense if you actually sit down and look at it. I get why people do it. Like I totally, I'm not, um, you know, condoning people running around to all these activities and over committing their kids. It's, that's fine. But, um, you know, that's also a credit to you as a person, as a mother, as the leader of the family to realise that mm. and to actually yeah. move your family to a different yeah. space where you're like calmer and more connected. And like you said, like just Cade missed the caravan because he's close to you guys. Yeah, yep. He's and not I down the end of the hallway sleeping in a room that's yeah. in a five-bedroom house. I do miss away. that. Right? They're right in there and I do miss that. Um, but I've noticed well, too like our just friends like that have come up. <laughs> our friends that have visited us in Queensland have also noticed the shift. So my closest friends have, like, noticed the kids are more relaxed. We're relaxed. There's no more yelling. There's no more um, – there's no tension in this house anymore, which, yeah. you know, I – I have to say to everyone, I've lived years with that tension and that 
Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. that it's just been, it's such a mental drain on your health to be like that and be uptight and tense all the time. And it does nothing for you or your family. So that would yeah. be my advice. And you don't have to move to far north Queensland. No, you don't have to move, definitely. Change. <laughs> yeah. But just slow just down is what I say. Yeah. Yeah. It's but come totally along. It's just slowing here. down, isn't it? Yeah. Come on. <laughs> move to far north Queensland. Yeah. It's cool. I don't think the property prices are still as yeah. cheap as they were a couple of years ago. I think uh, a lot of people have already worked that out. It's still However, pretty cheap. Up here. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you may need to throw away all your jumpers. Um, yeah, I don't own any jumpers or pants anymore. Yeah. I, actually, I like. I've got one pair and I bring it down when I come to Victoria. Yeah. Mm, and, you know, leather shoes are just going to go mouldy up there on the humidity yeah. probably anyway. Yeah. So um, rubber thongs it is. Yeah. <laughs> um, there is a famous quote. I've got no idea who wrote it, but mm. I always think of it and I, I did look it up because I was I sort of aligned it to you, Therese, and I wanted to share it with you. It's Motherhood is a choice you make every day to put someone else's happiness and well-being ahead of your own and to teach the hard lessons, to do the right thing when you're not sure what the right thing is and to forgive yourself over and over again for doing everything wrong or what you think is wrong. And a mother's love is the anchor that holds the family together, weathering every storm with unwavering strength. And I was like, that is absolutely you. And it's probably... Most mums out yeah, there. Say, most mums, yeah. It's mm-hmm. most mums. Um, yeah. But it is so ballsy to move your family. <laughs> yeah, it is, yeah. In the middle of or towards the end of a pandemic to yeah. a place that you're not even sure it's going to work, that is so far away because mm-hmm. you just get this, I guess, feeling yeah. that that was where you should be, that that's yeah. where you guys are connected and that's where you felt calm. Mm-hmm. And then fast forward a year, two yeah. years, how long nearly have you been year and a half. Yep, nearly a year, year and a half. half. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it, it seems like it's been the right decision. Yeah, look, I'm not gonna lie. We you know, sometimes you have your days where you think, I really miss living back in Victoria. Like for me, it's more my friends. Um mm. and then also um a really silly thing is just having access to a GP because up here there's yeah. no GPs and you go on a wait list wow. and you know, those types of things. And I, you know, I also miss the shops. I'm not near any major shops. So when I come to <laughs> Melbourne, I shop a lot. Um, There's this thing called do, the internet. Yeah, FYI. yeah, I know. <laughs> the, um, the courier lady knows my name, like, really well. She says hi to her now when she drops things off. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I, you know, I'm not going to lie to anyone. It, it hasn't been easy. It's not all rosy. It, you know, there's been challenges in, in our new place. But um, it's definitely brought a sense of calm and more family and I feel like personally myself as a mother I'm more connected to the kids I've got more time for them when I was in Victoria I was running my own business I just I didn't realize but I'd be constantly like you know dismissing them or just shush mum's working or just not having that time for them and um selling my business and moving up here I definitely make time for them and um and and that's really connected me with the kids a lot more which I feel guilt and sadness that I didn't do that in those years before so I'm making up for it all now so yeah yeah and what an awesome um realization to be able to share with people and everyone especially people that have a child that might have additional needs Mm -hmm. um, or require extra support and effort um you know probably needs to hear it let's get real um if someone hasn't sort of shaken them (laughs) 
yeah. giving them a stern yeah. talking to and saying, yeah. just slow the bleep down. Like, yeah, yeah. Take a moment, slow yeah. down. They are only a little once. This moment That's will be right. over before you know it. Yeah. Um, it's like your wedding day, right? Yeah. That, that day that everyone when says, was that? <laughs> oh, yeah, probably a long time ago, but it was more like, and for some people never, but it, yeah. just, it goes so quick and you it really does. don't realise. So yeah. you do have to slow down. And yeah. um, there has been a lot of success with with kids um, with the diagnosis in yeah. A calmer household. Yes. Yeah. Just in general. Yeah. Um, so you know, research says. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. But as um, a parent, I can tell you that like I have read every book, I've done every course you can think of. Mm-hmm. Um, creating that calm is really hard, especially when there's not just one of you. We've got a family of five. So emotions yeah. and feelings from everyone when things aren't going right are hard to control. So um yeah, I think that's one thing people often ask me about. How did I know Cade was had autism, or how has it been? How do you cope? Um, and I'll be honest and say it was chaotic. Like I'm like, yeah, me chaotic. and my husband are lucky to be married still because it was at the point yeah. to, um, before we got him diagnosed. But I was, I just gave up. I was, yeah, yeah like I just couldn't do it anymore. So, um, yeah. But as I said, then I I called a number got an advice from a friend to ask for help and that's when I met you and a group of people that led me in the right path and I forever seek help from wherever I can get it still to this day. If I can learn something new or ask for more help, I'm that person putting my hand up and I'm I'm Cade's best advocate. I know him better oh, than I do. So, oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah. I can, yeah. I can um, I've seen that over the years and I know that about you yeah. and it fills me with great joy to hear that you found your calm yeah. um, and that it is a really tricky journey because it you is, think yeah. you know everything because you've read yeah. the books and you've been to yeah. the web, you know, the webinars or the events and you've, you've spent the money on the therapist and you're like, right, I know what he needs and I know all these things, let's overcommit them, let's get all this therapy done, which is only sometimes only creating more chaos with yeah. the running around to all the appointments. Um, you know, the actual therapy itself is probably helping, but it's all the other steps around it to, to yeah. get that to happen. So how did you actually create that calm? Um, you know, you moved, that was one thing. Yeah, we moved. Um, so for Big me. question, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you can um, break it down into tiny steps if you want. <laughs> okay, so. Cade was diagnosed with autism at three. So, you know, my, my focus from birth to having like him till three was always Cade. And so that put my older son to the side slightly. So I didn't notice any behavior issues with my elder son because the focus was always on Cade. So after a couple of years of diagnosis of Cade, we then realized that my elder son had ADHD and high anxiety. So once I think we got that settled, then I fell pregnant again with my daughter. Yeah. Um, I think getting the boys help that they needed, the medication, which I know everyone's not a fan of, but it works for us and our family. Um, Once we got that sorted and, um, yeah, we moved, things have just calmed. I don't know how to 
but for years, like my my son's 13 this Saturday, and if I look back on our time between then and now, we have had so much crazy, like mm-hmm. crazy, crazy. So um, yeah. it feels like now we're calm. That's really, yeah. yeah. But it's yeah. a lot of research and getting help and asking for help, which is the, it's really hard to do that. It's really hard it's to. It's really hard, yeah. And it, even when we got the diagnosis for the boys, it's hard to accept. It really hits you and then you blame yourself. You think, what did I do when I was pregnant with them or you know, is it my family? And, you know, you just blame yourself for a long time, but we've decided not to do that and just accept for who they are. We're open and honest with our friends around us and anyone that meets us, we will let you know about our kids' problems and just so you're mm-hmm. aware. We mm-hmm. don't hide anything. Um, so, yeah, and not a lot of people do that. They like to keep um, their autism and things secret, which is their preference, but we've yeah. found that um, by letting people know what we're going through and what our kids go through, um, is really helpful and it, and it helps, it allows people to understand us as a family more. So, yeah. Yeah. I think what you said is key, isn't it? Like it works for you. And so as long as you know what works for your family, um, and your child, whether it is medication, whether it's medication and therapy, whether it's neither of those things, whether you, you do things completely differently to, to how other families manage it, as long as you're communicating that, um, with people, you know, this is how it works for us. And these are the things that, that help. And these are the things that don't help. Um, communication really is key and that goes in hand in hand with being able to ask for help is being able mm. to let people know about you yeah. know the needs that that Kate or or the other kids have mm. um you know I, I wonder whether the acceptance is part of the calm yeah but you know what there's so many more kids now than there's ever been before with behavioural or autism, there's just, there's more knowledge around it. Like always at school, there was no knowledge. Like now I haven't had a chance to tell you, but I've got another job. (laughs) Um, I'm working at the local, the private high school as a learning support officer. So, and they purely employed me for the fact that I have this experience working with kids on the spectrum and behavioural, but you know, I see lots of kids in the high school. I would say 70% of the children at the high school with over a 1,000 students are all, there's there's yeah. no normal. So you see no. it, it's more accepted. And, look, I think that that's a whole nother podcast is yeah, yeah. why, like, <laughs> yeah. why is there such a high rate? I was reading some fantastic um, research that they're doing over in Perth. No. But yeah. one of the things, key things that they've identified, which actually gives me goosebumps they're already starting while I'm about to to talk about this Mm. is that the lack of community Mm. yes so I'm actually having a fully physiological response to this as I'm speaking it like if you had told me that five Mm. years ago 10 years ago 15 years ago I would have been like yeah what like yeah. how is yeah. that linked to anything mm-hmm. but after having been through the pandemic yeah and after having moved towns myself yeah. to a yeah. new town because of the pandemic and having not really any connections and having to break into a, a new sort of circle and then having two children with yeah. no you know being in lockdowns with a baby with no mm-hmm. no friends no family 
I really all of a sudden had a had a um, penny drop moment of how important connection and community are like that full tribal sit on the ground with cross legs community like women doing their washing down at the stream (laughs) chatting about the day um while they clean like it's gone let's face it like Uh, we don't have that anymore is terrible yeah it just it's so different in Queensland like I just don't know how to explain it but Everyone up here is like a community, like the neighbours come and knock on your door, mm. everyone knows everything. Victoria yeah. felt like after lockdown and wearing masks, no one wanted to socialise, they didn't want to see yeah. anyone. And I feel like that still hasn't shifted very much. So um, Look, it's very Pretty controversial to- topic, but I think fear yeah. is running through the veins of many people yeah. <laughs> still. <laughs> um, but, you know, as far as that applies to having a child on the spectrum, you know, yeah. like, Okay, cool. So are you saying that from this research, are you implying that people are less connected when they get pregnant? Therefore, you know, they don't feel supported. Therefore, Mm. things change in in the brain of the child developing. Like, is that what you're actually talking about? And look, who knows when they come out with all the the full research and and start to really test things, um, whether it makes a change, we'll find out. But it was, it was pretty interesting to read. And I think it might have been the NDIA or, or the NDIS that was funding this research as part of one of their ILP programs or um, some autism research funding because the, the rates of autism are going through the roof yeah. and the NDIS never expected no. that they would have to fund so many children in the yeah. early intervention space and mm. the early intervention space being that zero to sort of seven. Um, yeah, so they're thinking oh, shit, we're going to have to make a change here or we're going to go broke, you know. (laughs) Let's get some research happening and try and work out why so many kids are um, are getting diagnosed. And, you know, you've moved somewhere which is historically quite a special place Mm. as far as, you know, there's a lot of Indigenous communities. You've got got the Dane trees, you've got the Great Barrier Reef, you've got all these Mm. special Mm. areas yeah I'm it's no surprise that there is still community up there that your neighbors drop around that yeah yeah they do it is calmer that you feel more connected so you know um what an amazing gift to give your family hopefully yeah. yeah, I'm yeah. sure there's some days they want to go back to where they lived before. Uh, they're only normal. Uh, I think they just miss friends more than anything. They love the temperature yeah. up here, but um, but yeah, look, it may not be our forever place right in this home that we're in right now. But um, you know, from the lesson we've learned, you can move around and find a new place. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like you don't have to be stuck um in that one place forever. And I think growing up in the Yarra Valley, um. I don't know, that was just a philosophy of my parents that you get married, you buy a house and you stay in the valley forever because that's what they did. Um, that's just what's kind of, it's not drummed into you, but that's just kind of what you think is the norm. But, um, yeah, definitely getting out and travelling is a good first step to having a look around. And um, definitely my son Cade really, we didn't think he'd cope, but having that caravan, he learnt so much um, and just loves it. So, 
it's a really good thing for us. We we enjoy taking our caravan around still. So yeah. Yeah. And what's he loving now? I see you guys, I do follow you on Facebook and yeah. um you seem to have a lot of adventures on the water. It's yeah. uh, Kate's yeah. having a, a good turn at the fishing and um, he loves fishing, loves fishing. So um, mm. you know, we can go out in the boat and he'll he'll only fish for maybe fifteen minutes and catch one fish and he's happy with that. And then yeah. other days he'll just want to keep fishing all day. Um, but he's, uh, he's getting into rugby up here because I don't have any AFL, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> that's our gripe for living here. Um, so he's into that. Um, other than that, he just loves riding his bike and just spending time at the beach and just that freedom, which I yeah. don't think. Moving his body. Moving his yeah, body movement. and getting yep. moved. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I think maybe, uh, some takeaway from our conversation is if people are frightened of change, just remember yeah. that, you know, the world doesn't exist without it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And you, you, it, it's just part of who we are. Like we have yeah. to all change and it is scary. Yeah, and, scary. but if you, if you don't try something different, if what you're currently doing is chaotic mm. and not working, yeah. like what's, what's the harm in trying? Mm. And there's no point in life in being stressed out all the time and high strung because it really isn't, it's not healthy for yourself, mm. it's not healthy for your family, and it certainly reflects onto your children and they see your, and they Absolutely. see your stress. <laughs> so once that's gone, they relax, the whole dynamics change. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and go visit far north Queensland. <laughs> yeah. Come up and visit me. Say hey. Yeah, <laughs> perhaps you'll have, uh, perhaps you'll have a similar experience. Yeah, you never know. <laughs> yeah, you never know. Yeah. So um so what's next for you guys? You've got a um new role, learning support officer yep. at the high school, which is incredible. Cade's doing his fishing, going for his bike rides. Mm-hmm. Um he'll be going into high school at some point. I know um, he's ten, so a couple of years away. Yep. Um, yep. So that'll yep. be the next next big step for you. Yep. Next big step. And yep. um no doubt by then he would have made some um great little mates and yep. feel a bit more yep. settled in the friendship. Yeah. Friendship space but it's just so incredible to hear that there's fantastic schools that you've been able to come across or a school in particular that's so supportive and and behind him and I think there's certainly as you said there's so many more children with diagnoses um nowadays that the schools really have to be quite open to you know I won't say every kid in the class has to have an ILP but it's just about (laughs) there right (laughs) yeah yeah it is really (laughs) yeah so um what would be your biggest takeaway from the experience that you've had to date, apart from the calm, yeah. um, outside of the reaching for help and information, what's your own personal growth, do you think, that you've had through this journey? Um, I As think, a mum. Um, well, I've definitely learned how to navigate NDIS very well. Okay. <laughs> Fantastic. And that comes from a lot of research and bugging me. Um, so um, I think that's a really good thing to have because, as I said to you, I still get parents that reach out to me all the time asking for help. So um, I like to be able to give people advice and just tell them my journey because, you know, it yeah. might not be the same as theirs, but knowing that I'm that person that they can come to and feel comfortable is always really nice for me personally. Yeah. Um, but I just feel 
like if I'm going back to when Cade was younger, I felt I got things wrong all the time and I did beat myself up about it. But right now I feel like I'm on the right track and and I know Cade well um, and I know what my family needs. So, yeah, I feel like personal growth and learning, um, yeah, I just know more about autism than I've ever known before. And I am still learning. Like there's so much to know. But um, I'm, I strive to learn as much as I can to um, help Cade. And um, my goal for him is to, you know, live a normal life and not mm. be living with mum and dad when he's, you know, in his 20s, like find his own way and meet a girl. It would be okay if he wanted to, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, that'd be fine. But um, I'd love him to be, have his own independence and, um, yeah, that that's my goal for Cade and, yeah, yeah, I feel like and I'm sure right will. I'm sure yeah. will. I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. Look, you've done a fantastic job in just the short period of time that I've known you and you are 100% spot on and right. You know, it, it is about connecting with other people, asking questions, sharing knowledge, um, giving that back to, to others who are in a similar situation, being able to share the knowledge back with them. What, what an amazing um, gift to be able to give people. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I'm sure... If Cade were here, he would be able to say thank you for just being yeah. an awesome mum, for yeah. being able to speak for him when he doesn't know what to say or needs yeah. to get something across and for always having his back and working out what he needs because isn't that what we're here for as mums, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 To hold their hand behind their back when they need it. And, um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, all push them when they need it. All push them when they need it as well, yeah. Just shove them out there onto the rugby field. Go, you'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's so good to chat with you. And um, as, as as I said before, you know I follow you on Facebook, so I stay up to date with all your happenings all the time. Um, you were, were you doing a, a little follow us around in your caravan when you had um when yeah. you were doing the initial, um, yeah, still so, keeping that up to date? Um, I haven't done a post on it because we haven't done any travel apart from just, you know, being on the boat a lot, but we will keep that going. So that's Instagram caravanning underscore on the underscore spectrum. So we were really lucky in that time. We had a lot of promo- people promote us. Um, lots of caravan parks were like open to us being there, exploring with them. Um, showing us all the facilities they had for autistic people or um, quiet zones. So, yeah, if you get a chance and you're looking to travel, jump on and have a look because there's lots of tips and hints and best caravan parks that you can go to and places not to go to. Um, and, like, you'll see <laughs> the so awesome. What a great yeah. name. Yeah. And, Caravanning um, on the caravan, spectrum. <laughs> we've got lots of things set up in the caravan for Cade, so it's really handy, yeah. like, we really thought through on it. So, yeah, if you're interested, follow it through and I'll try my hardest to keep putting some stuff on there. <laughs> oh, look, it's, it's good just as a reference point, as you said, for people who might be considering yeah. doing something crazy like you yeah. did. I mean, yeah. what's worse, the chaos that you were living in or the craziness that you you yeah. did, you know, jump out into when yeah. you decided to just drive yeah. up to far north Queensland? Yeah. Um, Again, so lovely to speak with you. Um, It's been a blast. Thanks so much, Therese, for joining us. Thanks for having me. uh, Yeah, you're so welcome. See ya. Bye. As we conclude today's episode of Bravery Defined, I want to extend a heartfelt thank you for joining us on this meaningful exploration of courage and resilience. Whether you're facing uncharted territories 
or navigating familiar roads. Remember that your journey is uniquely yours and your bravery is your guiding light. Whatever road you choose to take, please travel safe and know that you're not alone. Join us again next week as we continue this journey, sharing more inspiring stories within the NDIS and broader disability community. If you have stories or topics close to your heart that you'd like us to share, please reach out. Our contact details are in the show notes. I'm Annette Yakubovic, your host, and I can't wait to embark on another adventure with you on Bravery Defined. Until then, stay brave, stay inspired, and we'll see you next week.